I'm going to read Psalm 1, a portion of Psalm 1, and I'm going to read a portion of Psalm 2, and I'm going to recover some things we looked at last week, and then we're just going to look at several passages to kind of try to nail this down in our souls. So Psalm 1, I want to read the first two verses. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seed of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he what? Meditates day and night. Everybody see that? And we noted last week that in Psalm 2, in the first verse, that the word devising is the same word translated meditate back in Psalm 1, verse 2. So let's read Psalm 2, the first three verses. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples meditating a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand... And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. And you'll notice in verse 4, He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord what? Scoffs at them. And he warns the blessed man, don't sit in the seat of scoffers. And so the Lord is responding to the scoffers in the way that they are scoffing him. So he is rewarding them righteously. Now what I want to note here is the fact that we understand that these first two psalms are the foundation for the rest of these psalms. The rest of these psalms are showing to us the conflict. And it is a conflict, isn't it? The conflict between the righteous or the blessed one and those who are devising or meditating on vain things. What are they thinking? Well, in the beginning of the psalms, it tells us a lot about the thoughts of unrighteous people. One of those thoughts is, God is not in all their thoughts. So when we're talking about an unrighteous person, are they meditating on the Word of God day and night? The answer to that is, no. God is not in all their thoughts. It's not that God doesn't ever enter into their thoughts, but He is not predominantly the focal point of their thinking. But in Psalm 1, he says that the blessed man, verse 2, is one who delights in the law of the Lord. Are the scoffers delighting in the law of the Lord? The answer to that is no. And he delights in it, and his delight is seen in how he thinks. In his law, he meditates day and night. And folks, it is interesting to me 
And we understand this, that the only one who is the fulfillment of Psalm 1 is Jesus Christ the Lord. He's the only one that meditated on the Word of God day and night with no interruption. He is the Word made flesh. So everything in Him is light. Every thought He thought was Scripture. But it is also true for those who are in Christ. Now, we don't do it perfectly, and we can all say a grievous amen to that. But in a person who is genuinely regenerated, there is this movement in them to be thinking about the Word of God and the Lord continually. And as I was meditating on this and thinking through it, it struck me that the Lord could have stated a lot of things that would have been the evidence of being a blessed man. For instance, could He have said, the blessed man prays day and night? Could He have said that? He could have said that. He could have said that the blessed man is the one who attends church services every time the door is open. Could he have said that? He could have said that. He could have said the blessed man is someone who carries the biggest Bible. I'm just naming things that people kind of see as signs of spirituality in our culture. He could have said the blessed man is someone who listens to godly radio. But he really goes after the root. All of those things that I've just mentioned can be done by lost people. Now, saved people do do those things. But a lost person certainly can mimic that. You look at many of the false religions out there, many of them pray more fervently, and I'm going to use the word longer, than maybe you or I would be on our knees. You take Islam three times a day. They bow their knee on their prayer cloth. And people look at that and they go, wow. But God gives the evidence of being blessed of the Lord by examining what's going on in their inner man. In fact, in many cases, you you would never know what they were thinking about, right? But the Lord does see those things. Many, many professing believers think that an hour a week on Sunday is their God time. In other words, that's when they're going to think about God. 
but the rest of the week, there is no God in their thinking. They're not meditating because they are delighting in the Word of God. They're not meditating day and day and night. In fact, they're acting like the Psalm 2 type of man where God is not in all their thoughts. Lost people are not concerned about the will of God. They're not concerned about walking in the light as He is in the light. They're not concerned about being conformed into the image of Christ. They designate out of their life a certain God time. Whatever that standard may be. It may be three hours a week. And when they fulfill that God time, their, their thought of their heart is, well, that's God's time. The rest of the time is mine. Someone who is delighting in the law of the Lord and thinking about that word <coughs> on a continual time frame isn't thinking that way. It's not the amount of praying that we do. It's not the, really the number of services that we attend or how pious we look or how pious we dress. It's really what's going on in our inner man 24-7. Now look at the passage again. Psalm 1 verse 2. <clears throat> His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law, He meditates day and night. And He'll be like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields this what? Fruit. Fruit. You ever read about fruit in the New Testament? Folks, they're bearing fruit where? In their inner man. This is where the Word of the Lord enters in and begins to conform you from the inside out to conform you into the image of Christ so that you are more Christ-like patient. You are more Christ-like loving. This is the fruit that flows out of a mind and a heart or a spirit or an inner man that is giving itself to meditating day and night on the Word of God, for what reason? They delight in it. They delight in it. And folks, you and I know that you do what you delight in. Right? If you really, really, and I don't take this wrong, okay? But if you really, really delight in your little smartphone, guess where you spend your time? On your phone. Because that gives you what? Delight. It gives you pleasure. Now, I'm not condemning looking at your smartphone, okay? I'm just using this as an example. If a person sees that girl or sees that guy and they just love to be around them. It gives them what? Delight. They like to be around them. But you know what also they do? 
They think about them. Yeah. Because they delight in them. This is a person that verse 3 says, whatever he does, he prospers. Prospers in what way? Come on, you know what way. Bearing fruit. Isn't that what the tree does? This is conformity into the image of Christ. This isn't winning a football game. This is the conformity in our inner man to the things of the Lord. Now folks, we know that the New Testament talks about this. We just went through Ephesians. Ephesians says, this is a command, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's a command. How are you renewed in the spirit of your mind? By meditating on what those things that are written. Including things that are hard to understand. In fact, Meditation is how God gives you understanding. And Paul wrote to Timothy and he gives him these illustrations about the soldier and the farmer. He says, Timothy, you, you think on these things. Did you hear that? You think on these things and the Lord will give you understanding. That's a gift. So meditating is the evidence of a regenerative heart. It is the evidence of that which shows that that person has been blessed of the Lord in their lives. Now the Bible speaks about this over and over and over again. We have the contrast. We just read the contrast. Our Lost people meditating on the things of the Lord. No. No. Doesn't mean that they don't ever talk about Him or have some God talk, but in general, their lives are not governed, their inner man is not governed by these things. If you go over to Psalm 15. Psalm 15, verse 1. Let's hear what the Lord says. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Alright, here's the person. He who walks with integrity and works righteousness, now note this, and speaks what? Where? That's meditation. Right? If he's speaking truth in his heart, he's talking to himself, he's pondering things, he's even praying, he's seeking the Lord through the Word, and he is speaking those words in his heart. He is meditating on this. Look in Psalm 16, verse 7. 
I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs when? Didn't someone say that the blessed man meditates in the Word of God day and night? There you go. See, we're seeing evidences of this in the Psalms based on those two foundational Psalms, Psalm 1 and 2. The Lord counseled David. How did He counsel him? In his inner man, at night, it instructed him. Now folks, how do you get instructed? You get instructed when you're thinking about the words of the Lord. David is awake at night. He's got a problem. He's got a situation. He's got enemies. He's got things going on, just like you and I. And the Word of God is instructing him in the night. And he calls that the Lord giving him counsel. Everybody see that? This is some mystical thing. This is the Lord using His Word. Remember Psalm 1, He meditates in the law. He meditates in the Word of God day and night. It's the Word of God is what He's meditating on. He's meditating on that in light of His situation and God instructs Him through those words. But He is giving thought to it in the night. If you look at Psalm 17, he talks about giving ear to his prayers. And in verse 3 it says, You have tried my heart. You have visited me when? By night. You have tested me and you find nothing. And folks, when it says that the Lord tried his heart and the Lord visited him, what it means is David is having a situation and he's actually taking the Word of God in his thought life and examining himself by that Word. Have you ever done that? you ever been in a situation and you're like, you know what, I'm not quite sure that I'm, I'm right in this. And so you start pondering the Word of God. And the Word of God starts putting light here. You say, put light. No, I, I, it's not in this situation that I sinned. And the Word of God puts light here. And you say, no, that's God trying you. He's testing you. He's examining you by His what? By His Word at night in this situation, while David's on his bed, and it says that the Lord tested him, and he just says, like Job would say, right? Nothing. As far as I know, Lord, I'm guiltless in this. So Lord, answer my prayer. They're persecuting me without cause. And it's all because he is meditating. This is what it means when it says that the Lord will speak to you. 
Now, He's not speaking to you audibly. He is speaking to you through the Scriptures. And He is doing it, and He is fencing you in by the Scriptures. And He's examining you by the Scriptures. And He's guiding you by the Scriptures. Because you're meditating on those Scriptures. Everybody see that? Okay. And brethren, this is what... Well, let's just turn there. We'll come back to Psalms. But turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 speaks about this. It doesn't use the exact same language, but it does communicate the very same thing. We all love verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why is there no death penalty on me? Verse 2, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it were, through the flesh, that is my flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. He put to death sin in his own flesh. Why? Verse 4. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the to the what? Alright, now what does it mean to walk according to the Spirit? Look at verse 6. Because the mind The mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Everybody see that? Okay, so when you're talking about walking by the spirit, what you're talking about is having a mind set on spiritual things. And folks, when you, when you say to me, you've got a mindset on spiritual things, you, do you know what you're doing? You're meditating on that Word day and night. And that meditation is evidence that you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Now, it is imperfect. It is a struggle you agree with that? It is a struggle. I thought when I was younger that I would get to some place where it just would be easy. Well, if there is a place like that, I haven't found it, and neither has any other godly man that I know of have found that easy place. This is where you're wrestling. You're wrestling in your inner man. And folks, meditating, as we go back to the Psalms, meditating is all through here. And of course, you, 
You know the familiar ones that most of the people quote. Of course, Joshua. Everybody remember the one in Joshua? Don't fear. Meditate day and night, and you'll make your way a success. Everybody quotes that, but they never quote the meditation part of it. (laughs) Okay. But look at Psalm 63. Look at verse 6. This is David... And he says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Everybody see that? Folks, is he meditating day and night? Yes. Or you can go to Psalm 77 and verse 12. Let's start in verse 11. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. Folks, where where do you remember something? In your inner man, right? He says, now look. I'm remembering the deeds of the Lord. Well, where did he learn that from? Tell me. The Scripture. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Aren't there some exceeding wonders? Where do you learn about that? From the Word of God. Folks, you can look out at creation. Is that not a wonder? Our whole Bible begins with that wonder. And he says, look, I'm going to meditate on all your work and I'm going to give my mental energies on your deeds. This is a blessed man, is he not? Now David wasn't a perfect man, was he? No. No. Only the Lord fulfills Psalm 1 perfectly. But David is a regenerative man And David is meditating on the Word of God day and night, and it is transforming who he is. It begins to order all his steps. It begins to change the way he's thinking. It opens his eyes to the things of life, to see the reality of things. And it is a process. We call it growing. But there is no growing Please hear me. There is no growing apart from meditating. You can gather information and not be changed. You can answer Bible questions and not be changed. You could even give me the plan of salvation and you yourself not be transformed by it. But you can't allow those words. Hear what the psalmist says. The entrance of your words gives light. Your mind, your inner man, lost people, it's dark in there. 
And we have areas of darkness in our own life, do we not? You take the Word of God and you give yourself to meditating on that Word. You want to know who the Lord is. You want to know His ways. You want to know all those things about Him because you love Him. Or as someone says, you are delighting in Him. It will be transformative in your life. Now let's go over to the longest chapter in the book of Psalms, which is Psalm 119. Today I learned about a particular lady. She's been with the Lord for many years. Are you ready for this? Memorize the whole book of Psalms. And then I found out that this particular lady had memorized the whole New Testament except for Acts. And I'm like, what a woman. (laughs) And then I learned that she memorized the whole book of Isaiah. Yeah, I'm impressed. And then... In the last few years of her life, she memorized all the minor prophets. And I'm like, I I don't think I have that kind of talent. But did she give herself to this? She did. And that's the example. Psalm 119, I'm going to look at verse 23. Even though princes sit and talk against me, where is his mind? Your servant meditates on your statutes. Not meditating on the princes and what they're saying. He's meditating on the Lord and what the Lord is what? The Lord is saying. That's amazing. Psalm 119, verse 48. I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law, He meditates day and night. Verse 97 of Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the... Now look at the next verse. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Why are those commandments making him wiser? Because he loves the Word of God and he's what? He's meditating on it. He's actually feeding himself on it. Look at verse 99. He says, I have more insight than all my teachers. Why? For your testimonies are my meditation. The Word of God gives wisdom. You go over to 147. I rise before dawn 
and cry for help. I wait for your words. My eyes anticipate the night watches so that I might meditate on your word. You know, during the day we have responsibilities, don't we? But how do we know that the writer of this psalm is a blessed man according to Psalm 1? Because he's anticipating, now hear this, he's anticipating that when the day's responsibilities are over and he's lying on his bed, then he begins to mull over the Scripture in his mind. And he's looking forward to it. (laughs) That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, because that quote's over me every night. That's good. Look at Psalm 143. This is similar to what we've already read. Let's go back and let's let's begin reading in verse 3. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He's crushed my life to the ground. He's made me dwell in dark places like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart is appalled within me. What kind of man is this? He's a troubled man, is he not? Verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I muse on the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a parched land. You see what's going on there? Is this man overwhelmed with life? Yes. But somewhere along the line, he says to himself, I need to remember. I need to remember the Lord. And I'm going to remember what He's done in the past. I'm going to remember His history of dealing with me. I'm going to meditate on all His doings as I see it in the Old Testament. I'm going to give thought on the work of all your hands. And the result of it is I'm going to stretch out my hands to you. In other words, I'm going to pray to you. Why? I long for you. That's love, isn't it? That's delight. Folks, meditating is an evidence of a regenerative heart. When you're in trouble, ultimately, where does your mind go back to? Where do you run to? You run to a high tower. And what you want... Even though you feel like you're in darkness, what you really want is light. And where do you get light? The entrance of your words give light 
an understanding of the ways of God and who He is. Now, I'm just going to ask you, do lost people do that? Most people don't do that, do they? No. When they get down like that, they're trying to figure out and connive their way or buy their way out or lie to a person or try to deliver themselves out of the situation. They're not doing anything like that. Why is the blessed man doing that? Because he's been given a new spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death, the mind set on the spiritual things. Set your mind on things above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Now, brethren, I just want to exhort you with this. It is imperative for you to really, really know your Bible. It is really imperative for your walk in this life to be guided by all those words that you're meditating on and you've been feeding in your inner man all these years. It's imperative for us to realize if we don't do this, we're walking in darkness. And I want to encourage you, and I've done this before, and I'll do it again. I especially want to encourage our young people to do this in their youth. The older you get, the harder it is. That doesn't excuse us. And young people are going to find it difficult, even at their age. But I can assure you that it will be more difficult later. Once years and decades of bad, dark habits have gotten a hold of you. Meditating on the Word of God day and night is what it means to be blessed of the Lord. A person who has this type of mindset, you're blessed. Your bank account could have a nickel in it, and you're rich. You could be having to get around town on an old rusty bicycle, but you're rich. Because you're a blessed person. And if we turn, as I conclude, to Psalm 19... Psalm 19, as many of you are aware, speak of two types of revelation. 
In the first few verses, it is what theologians have called general revelation. The first six verses. General revelation is the revelation about God that you see in creation. That you are supposed to understand by conscience. Now men ignore that. But that's not the point. Call that general revelation. All people have general revelation. And then there is what is called, beginning in verse 7, some people call it special revelation. That is, God breathed spoken words from God Himself. And this psalm is a psalm that is God-breathed, but is a God-breathed psalm that flows out of David meditating on creation and meditating on the Word of God. And we know that because at the end of this psalm in verse 14, he just says, let the words of my mouth and the what of my heart, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He's asking the Lord to examine the thoughts that go on in his inner man. So let's just read this meditation. This is a wonderful meditation. You almost can see David. I don't know when he wrote this, whether he was a shepherd boy. I don't know when he wrote it. But I can just see him in my mind with those few sheep out there and it's nighttime, you know, they didn't have electric bulbs and all this, and he's looking up in the sky, and he's beholding the magnificence of God. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them He's placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of His chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run His course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Can you see him out in the field thinking about creation? Then he thinks about the Word of God. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring what? Now folks, in just a couple of Psalms, he's going to say in Psalm 23, He restores my soul. How does He do that? By the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. 
The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. You remember Psalm 119? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. You think he's delighting in that? He said, this is worth more than all the salary I could get. And the taste of it is better than your favorite dessert. And you know how you want that dessert right now. (laughs) Verse 11, Moreover by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and what is going on in my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Isn't that precious? That's what you need. Your delight and your hunger needs to increase. And you need to give yourself to meditating on the Word of God day and night. May the Lord grant every one of us this. Let's pray.